You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. My guest today is Nick Tench. Nick is married to Roberta Tench. They have two daughters. Laura London is four years old and Harper Grace is one years old. Nick is a former bank officer with over 13 years as an audit officer, compliance officer, and loan officer. Nick is indeed a real estate nerd for the past 10 years plus. He loves studying. He has invested in learning and being a student of the real estate industry and investing not only his capital, but others' capital. He enjoys and loves creating, designing U.S. patents and just got his first patent. He is a result-oriented manager focused on improving operations, impacting business growth while maximizing profitability. Over 20 years experience in employee relations, training and development, financial operations, customer service and community involvement. Welcome him to the show today. Real estate investing, even on a very small scale, remains a tried and true means of building individuals cash flow and wealth. Robert Kiyosaki. It's a great quote because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you start. It's about starting. And so we're going to dive into it. This is going to be a great episode. So I have my guest, Nick Tinch, today. And uh, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, T-Man. I'm excited. Uh, thank you for being here again. This is a, a, a great opportunity to share and, and just a fellowship. So thank you. Yeah, man. We're just going to talk shop and uh, really try to inspire people. And really, you inspire me. I inspire you. And I think that the thing, if we haven't learned anything, is that that's what it's all about. That's one of the quotes I've been putting up a lot. And I'll say it again. I'm only supposed to do one quote. I'm going to do two. This one that I wrote, and it says, be a giver and an encourager. There's already enough haters and critics. Like, Man. Like, there's already enough people hating on every move you make. There's already somebody saying, well, man, if Terrence just would have did that or if Nick just would have did this. It's like, but yeah, I probably could have did that better. Or I probably could have did that different, but I'm at, I'm at least doing it. You know what I mean? Like, and so I was watching the interview from Rick Ross and mm-hmm. rap. That's rap, my boy. <laughs> bro, oh my God. D- dude is on another level right now mentally. Yeah, right? man, on a whole nother level. A lot of people <laughs> are flipping on him, man. Due to his business moves and stuff like that, and uh, but I'm, I want to talk. I'm gonna talk about that IPO intellectual properties because you can learn something from him, and as well as I'm, I'm studying your business moves. But I'm sorry, but finish up. No, you good, bro. We're gonna dive into it. But I mean, if you like, he said, man, like if you ain't even in the game, then we ain't even got nothing to talk about. <laughs> but he was like, but if you're in the game, he said, I studied Jay Z. I studied this guy because I was in the game, so I studied the moves they made, and I just took it and made it my own. But yes, so that's not hating. That's learning and growing and being inspired. But if you ain't even in the game, so somebody who's not even in the game trying to hate on what some other movie trying to hate on made. you and talk about you, man. And like yeah. and, and believe in what they're saying is is, is amazing because it's amazing. I have had that, you know, like I was telling the other gentleman being in the in the real estate business, uh, you know, for a short period of time. My, my trajectory is a 10, five and two year. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and you run into that so much. Uh, I have a lot of people that hit me up on social media for some of the things that I'm posting. And you, you, you get a lot of feedback. And my twin sister for years has been telling me to be more open about what God is doing and what I'm doing in my, in my business world for the past 10 plus years. She's been getting on me heavy. She's like, you got to stop hiding this stuff. You got to tell people. You got to tell people. But you hear a lot of people, like you're saying, like Ross said, you get those critics. 
and they're not even in the game and they're sitting on the sideline or they're afraid to make the move. You have made the move. You're doing the work, regardless if your success is a dollar or two dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or a million. The point is that you're in the game and you and you hear that a lot. So you're absolutely right. If you want to find someone who's never made a mistake, yeah. you know they you know they never tried anything new. Yeah, they're six feet, you know, under, you know what I mean? Because they, yep. they just didn't try, you know, that's where yeah, dreams fail. Yep. Well, man, tell me your story, brother. Like, how did you get to real estate? Like, how did you have a passion for it? And how did you even, you know, start in, in this industry? Real estate for me, actually, it, it kind of helped me level the playing field, number one, of people that are, uh, let's say, at a high net worth. Real estate gave me the opportunity to kind of build wealth very quickly, but very strategic. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, it's something that I have always wa- wanted to do. Like I talk about my 10, 5, and 2 year. For the past 10 years, I've just been doing a lot of studying, researching, reading, whether it's uh, I have studied family dollars, business model. I have studied McDonald's. I have studied you know Google, whatever. And then the, five, the last five years, I've been very active in real estate, very serious doing investing. For the past two years, and really, I would say the past year, I'm like, I'm breaking, I'm say the past year, like things have just taken off, to be honest with you. So it's something that I knew. And then also, too, I wanted to leave generational wealth to my daughters uh, as well, too. And then if something happened to me, uh, part of that, even with having key man policies, even having insurance policies, like my kind of portfolio is kind of very diverse from a sense of making sure that the organization if anything forbid if it happens that it can still survive without me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that being said, just loving it, understanding what it can do for a family, understanding what it can do for you as giving, providing freedom. I'm not necessarily in, into real estate for the money part. I'm in it for the freedom that it has provided for me to kind of be able to do some things, extra capital, the relationships that I've been able to uh, develop and build. And um, so it's just, man, and then, you know, seeing some some people, mentors from my old community, shout out to Florida, you know, St. Petersburg, Pinellas County, Tampa, uh, Largo, Florida uh, is where I was born. And seeing them being in the real estate business, seeing them being entrepreneurs and having that luxury to be able to take care of their families. And so that kind of gave me the spin. Another spin was also to me being a uh, banking. I was a banker for over a decade, probably I, maybe probably longer than that. <laughs> 13 to 15 years, yep. you know, and um, so being in banking, um, seeing the relationships that are developed, seeing people walk in the bank with shorts on or, you know, come in there with work boots on and come to find out the older man or the young guy owns a building or two or three buildings around the corner and they're developing. And you'll see me post a lot of times where I'm no, I'm not just a suit guy because uh, a lot of times people in suits somewhat judge people in work boots and jeans and, you know, a guy in a F-150 or, you know, driving a dump truck, you thinking that, you know, the guy isn't where you at because you're in the suit, right? Mm-hmm. So my mindset has definitely developed and matured over the years to say, okay, how can I step back, see something that I can be happy doing, add value to people, add value to my tenants, add value to the shareholders, my investors that allow me to utilize their money to invest, and uh, which I usually get between a 15 to 25% return on that for folks. And so it, it's just been a blessing, man. It's, it's like so much. So kind of growing up wanting that freedom to just be, and, and just loving being an entrepreneur, you know, not working for anybody. I, I've had people say, you know, you, you kind of, you can't work for anybody. And I took it the wrong way. And I was like, well, man, what do you mean? 
And what they were saying was that just my personality, my grind, my grit that I have, it doesn't necessarily fit the corporate life. But if I needed to do it, I will always be you know, willing to go back into corporate life if I needed to. But I enjoy being the entrepreneur and being able to make my schedule and come and go. But the crazy thing, I put more hours into this business of uh, being an entrepreneur than I ever did into working for someone. But I enjoy it and I love it. And just the freedom. And I do it with joy. You know what I mean? Like seven days a week, 365 days, you know, years like I just do it with happiness. You know what I mean? So that's kind of to answer your question. That kind of got me into the real estate business where I seen that it can definitely build generational wealth, uh, increase my net worth, provide freedom. And then at the same time, leave something for my daughters and my sisters and my brothers, them, because I'm, I'm not living off the, the business. I'm basically just building it, if that makes sense. It's basically uh, at a level where it's, it, it's, in, it's taking care of itself, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's good, bro. Well, let's, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. So, you, you, one thing you mentioned is obviously, you, you know, it, people think when you become a real estate entrepreneur, you get immediate freedom. Yes. In, in a couple of ways you you do, but in a couple of ways you end up working two to three to four times harder than when you did when you were an employee. So I think that's important to state on this podcast. Like, yeah, everybody can be an entrepreneur. Everybody can become a real estate entrepreneur. But I tell people, what are you willing to sacrifice? You know, because you're going to have to sacrifice something. You're going to either have to sacrifice that consistent check every month. Did you know this coming in? You're gonna have to sacrifice some sleep, man. You talking about me? Stop talking about me preaching. <laughs> dealt with that. You talking about me right now, man? Yeah. Yes, sir. You gonna have to sacrifice that check. There's some sleep. You are gonna have to sacrifice your mental state. You know, because when you're not carrying the burden of the vision and of the strategy, you're just doing your job as an employee. You get to check out and watch Netflix on the weekend. But when you're the entrepreneur, you don't get to check out. You like you said, it's twenty four seven. Well, and and you saying that, man, the, the biggest thing that I've worked, worked for some of the largest banks, investment firms, companies, I have served in, you know, whether in ministry, at churches and things like that. And I'm, I'm saying that I work probably more is because I embody the brand of my company. It always amazed me when, and I got, you know, I'm, we're at my market, my market is Virginia, right? I'm in the Virginia market, right? So, you know, you meet a lot of military uh, you meet a lot of uh, people that work for the government. You meet a lot of people that work for Google or whatever, Amazon or whatever the case may be. And it always amazed me how they're so eager to speak of who they work for, their brand, the brand, the brand, the brand. So what I have been able to do is create a brand where the same thing that if I was working for, you know, whatever bank, a national bank, I take that brand just as seriously as I'm representing them, as I'm representing my company, even from down from the, the email to my business address, to the logo, to the colors, to um, when I when I sent out an email, we just acquired 12,000 square feet uh, office building, 80% occupied, both of them, whether it's two of them, they're 6,000 uh, 6, square feet apiece. And so one of the tenants called me, which is a good friend of mine, he owns a Century 21 company, he's the broker and the owner. And he said, Hey, he said, Nick, do you want me to give you, give the, you know, the other guy uh, next door to me, the tenant next door to me, you know, your information. So you can give him your email. I said, no, give him my phone number. And he had me on speaker. I said, listen, you guys are partners to me. You can call me anytime you want, <laughs> like email me. I respond to emails very quickly. And I'm saying that to say most people in the, that take on being an entrepreneur, they don't live it. They don't breathe it. They're, they're brand. So it's very important to me for my shareholders, my partners, 
even with contractors, I don't look at a contractor, someone that works for me. I look at them as partners and I tell my contractors that I say, you know, listen, I don't work for you. You don't work for me. We're partners. So as we're doing this project, I just need you to do your part of it. I'm going to, you know, if the bill comes in, I'm going to pay you. So what I've been able to do to live that, when I say that, I live my brand. I live the equity brand because this is for my, this is for my daughters and, and, uh, but anyway, so I live it. That's why I put in that amount of time because it's something that I believe in and I live it, you know, every day. So, man, that's good, bro. So, so, yeah. so tell me, you said obviously 13, 15 years in banking. Give me that quick rundown and then give me your three takeaways that you learned in banking that has helped you transition into what you're doing with real estate. Oh, man, I stole all these stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, Every, well, and when I say that, when it comes to customer service, the knowledge, when it, yeah. we, with the knowledge base, when it comes to customer service, the knowledge, being quick on the draw, uh, draw when it comes to answering questions, and also to learning how to return a value to a person, and then also to learning how to turn a dollar. You'll be amazed. Most people, and, and people know this now, they didn't know it back then, but you put $100,000 into a bank, they're only going to give you point or one percent or something like that you know so when i return a percentage rate to a uh to a shareholder or i call it an investor or shareholder it's more so like i make sure that they're going to get their value but at the same time i'm making money right so when Mm -hmm. you when we put a hundred thousand dollars into a bank we're going to get one percent of point point seven five percent which i have seen it in cds or investment accounts and the bank goes out and then loan that money to you or i at a three percent four percent depending on the product or the vehicle that they're using, whether it's a car loan, a house loan, whatever the case may be, right? So what I've been able to do is say, okay, how can I utilize, the, which I call the I intellectual properties, because that's basically knowledge base and their trademark. What I learned in banking, as far as from the customer service, returning to my shareholders, the investors, a great return, a safe return, because at the same time, making sure that I can manage their money properly, making sure that uh, I'm living my life with integrity, with discipline, with patience. And then at the same time, where I'm making money, right? Yeah. So I said, well, if I can pay them 15 to 25%, and then I can make 45 to 65%, you know what I mean? Everybody's happy, right? Because, everybody's happy. You know what I mean? Everybody's happy. So it's been a blessing that I, I that I, and, and it's like now I got to say this too, it's a gift as well too. Mm-hmm. Because I can take basically ten percent of of the conversation, and then I can I have the ability to analyze deals, look at the cap rate from uh, in my mind, not necessarily from the data. I can look at an uh, area, or look at it from a Google map, or drive into the area and be able to analyze what this property can return, what somebody else may not see. Mm-hmm. So, what banking has been able to do to for me is even with customer service. Like it likes to even with customer service and how a company is presented to the public, and then uh, and then you know also to uh, relationships. Uh, banking is big on relationships. They're big on providing, like I say, a service. And then I say at the same time, when I can provide someone with a great return and provide myself with a great return, and both it's parties are happy, it's, it's a win-win. It's a beautiful situation. No, that's good, bro. So when you transition out of banking. Walk me through real estate. So you got in, did you go right into raising private equity or did you do a couple deals? Like walk me through like that first three deals that you kind of structured and how you set it up to get to where you're at. The, the first three deals. Now, the first deal was for my daughter. I bought, based my two-year-old, we, we bought her house. I thought, well, she bought her own house. I'd say she bought her own house, but of course with my help. So my two, I always wanted, I wanted to buy my two-year-old daughter a house, right? So we, uh, I, I acquired her house. I put a down payment on it. 
bro, you said you're a two year old. You're a two year old. Two year old daughter. Yeah, yeah. I got a picture <laughs> of it, man. I got a, I got a picture of it. Like my two year old, my baby, man, Laura. Laura bought her first house at two years old. Of course, wow, with her dad. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, man. So that was really the the organization's first deal, right? And it was for her to help pay for her five twenty nine and help pay for her retirement account and things like that, right? So, and I just from that point on, now coming into real estate, I had to bring some money to the table myself. Hold on, Nick. You you keep sliding that out there like that's just a no big deal. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I, I want to highlight that, bro, because I want people to understand. Like like you said, it's a gift. That's a different way to understand leaving a legacy, bro. When you talk about the five twenty nine T, when you talk about buying your baby girl at two years old an investment property, see, not, you're probably one of the first people I've ever met that said that because we bought a rental house for our. She's now ten years old, but we bought a house right by campus tore it down, built it brand new. And when we built the house, my baby girl was six months old. Now she's 10, tearing, but we put her name in the driveway. We said, this is going to be her first house. Yep. So, yep. bro, yep. I just want yep. you to know, like, <laughs> that's a big deal. I mean, two-year-old, six-month-old, we're buying investment properties for our babies when they're... And so I, I just wanted to highlight that, man. Like, I want to encourage any parents out there or any future parents, like, you can think ahead for your kids. If you didn't have something, then be inspired and be challenged to grow and put yourself in a place to where you can do it for them. Now, we ain't saying we're going to give it to them. We're going to teach them financial literacy. We're going to make yes. them work. But at the yes. same time, we want to think big, man. So, I, man, I wanted to hit I wanted to hit that. Keep going, brother. Sorry, I mean to interrupt you. No, no, that's okay, man. And, uh, and here's the thing, though. I, you know, my mom and dad, my mom always say she did her best raising us. She was a single parent. You know, shout out to Liz Pandora Morris, my mother. My dad is Milton, you know, Jay Tench, you know, senior. But that being said, shout out to them too. But, and then my dad, and my dad wasn't, that's, my dad was not there, to be honest with you. So, but at the same time, I had my grandfather and my uncle and my dad's mom. Uh, me and my dad have a great relationship now. You know, we, it, man, he, he wanted the coolest OGs you ever want to met. I call him a 65 year old hippie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, he cool dude. But that being said, so, and I took a lot from my community. I was one of the food stamp babies. I graduated high school with a special diploma. I was reading on the second grade reading level, was taken advantage of as a kid, you know, went through that stuff or what was, uh, you know, molested. Uh, let's see. And all this stuff is like, it's crazy because it's like second, third party documented. It's literally, man, was it was an ESC my whole life, special needs, dyslexia, ADHD. So any label that you can give a young black angry kid (laughs) from elementary all the way up probably until my went to junior college after high school uh, because I had to go back and get a uh, a high school diploma. If you graduate with a special diploma, ESC or uh, SOD, you have to literally go back and get a uh, a regular high school diploma to go to a, a university, right? So that being said, being raised in my community, seeing it uh, and not seeing what was left or then also to being seen where when somebody passed away, you had to raise money or have like, you know what I mean? And all that stuff right there. Yep. Nobody has the money to pay for the funeral. Nobody has the money to pay for the funeral and things like that. So my thought process came in as like, okay. And then for a long time, I was afraid to have children. Uh, I had my first child at 37. Actually, the year that I graduated from college with my four-year degree, to be honest with you. So the year that I graduated from with my four-year degree, I'm 41 now. I had Laura at 37. And um, so I was always afraid to have children. But that being said, so from my community standpoint and seeing, you know, how we'll go buy some Jordans and wait in line and, you know, spend money on looking good, but not necessarily uh, having 
having the money of how we looked, right? So the goal for me was to be able to create something for them that regardless if, if I got called home and nothing happened, I told, I told my family, uh, uh, Roberta, I said, I said, at my funeral, boy, y'all going to be so happy. They ain't going to know if you kill me or, or what because <laughs> you're going to be so happy. <laughs> but so that's, that was the whole thought process. And it's a little bit more into that, but I don't want to go into it uh, too no, much. Good, but, and then I saw some very smart businessmen growing up. And when I say smart businessman, they were, they were local, you know, street guys, you know, they were street pharmacy guys and they were very smart. And so I said, man, how can I take the knowledge that I have, the knowledge that they have, they're running the company. How can I redirect that knowledge into something else that would benefit me and that won't put me in jeopardy? Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I have to look over my shoulder everyone, you know, all the time. So basically, I basically took a lot of the, the self-knowledge that I had from being in my community, seeing guys out on the streets, doing what they do, cousins, uh, uncles, and things like that, and basically took that knowledge and said, okay, I'm going to apply it to my life. I'm going to go into banking and then redirect, like I say, that knowledge to my daughters. And that was kind of the whole concept behind Laura being able to purchase a house. I purchased my first house at 21, and I wanted her to beat me by a milestone. So I just wanted to do that. And, uh, and, and it was a blessing, man. And, you know, and, and that's where the whole thing came behind, to be honest with you. But people say, well, how can he do that? At the end of the day, the same way you can go out and get your nails done, you sacrifice, right? The same way you can go buy Jordans for your kids and go spend $500 on some Gucci shoes when you should, when you should be investing that money or fixing your credit. So my thought process has been uh, from a standpoint of kind of teaching not only myself, but my daughters of the right way uh, in a different way from the way I was raised, right? Uh, like I said, my mom was a single parent. I was raised by four women, black women, country women, my mom, my dad's mom, my mother's mom, and then my mother's sister that raised me. So, and then I had my grandfather uh, and then I had my uncle Kent in my life. And then, you know, a slew of other relatives that helped my mom raise us. So overall, it was me and then also to me wanting to be different, which I got judged for. At, but now it's like I'm the man of my family because, you know, growing up, it's like, oh, he think he different or better. And it's like, no, nah, I just want to I don't want to be I want to do this. So yeah. that was the whole mindset behind my daughter being able to purchase house and I sacrificed for it. You know, I got it. I want to say that I don't want to think that that people think that I just pulled that money out of my pocket. Uh, with the business has a line of credit with an organization with a bank, and we utilize that capital. I put myself in a position, and a lot of parents can. You may cannot go buy your daughter a house at two years old, but you can start a five twenty nine plan. You can teach them about financial literacy, uh, and you can pour into them where it's going to benefit them overall and benefit you, right? Yeah. So, so give me no, that's good. Give me just a real quick rundown, then we're going. I want to jump to some other questions. In a just fly over, what's a 529 plan? Because you and I have been using that very loosely. If I'm a, a parent, what is a 529 plan and what's the purpose of it? Just give me a quick 30 second pop on that. Yeah. A purpose of a 529 plan is basically for your uh, child to be able to go to school, you know, years to come. So it's kind of like a savings plan uh, for your for your child. You can put anywhere from 50 to $100 a month into it. And that's basically what it's used for. It's something that it's just a vehicle a product, a vehicle um, that's used to help save up for college for your child down the line. So when they get to college, they don't have to worry about student loans and things like that. I had student loans, man, you know, and it's like, it's crazy, you know, with student loans and and the interest and things on and stuff like that. So 
that's basically what a 529 plan is. So, yeah. And thank you for asking, for asking that question because I don't, I don't want to, I'll see a lot of terminologies like RUB or cap rate or, you know, or ARV and things like that. So I want to make sure that people understand what I'm talking about. But thank you. Oh, yeah. We're just trying to bring it to them, man. Okay. So we transitioned. We bought the, we bought the investment property for our baby girl. You bought a couple more properties. When did you start raising capital? What made you decide to raise capital? What motivated you to start doing that? Because you talk, we talk about your investors and your shareholders. How did you transition? It, so if I'm trying to transition from a person who's buying single family rentals, duplexes, and I want to start raising capital, give me the why and then, t- and then walk me through the steps I would need to take to go in that direction. The why was because it's like, man, when you find out that you can use other people's money to build wealth, it's kind of like, OPM. yeah. Other people, you're like, man, well, why am I going to use my money, right? And why am I have, I'm, why am I have my spouse looking at me crazy? Because you know the, the 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 savings account is depleted, and you know what I mean, we live from check to check. So what I did was, uh, and then another thing, uh, and so if you want the reason my thought process was, process was, let's use other people's money to make money. But what I did also too, and this is one thing that people have to realize: for other people to trust you, you have to have your stuff together. I'm sorry, like I'm just, I'm just gonna keep it real. It's not that uh, I'm, I'm this big time real estate investor where I done did $10, $20 million worth of deals or $100 million. What I did, I built strong relationships. I, I met local wholesalers or uh, local hard lenders. I built solid relationships with them. I added value to them. And then at the same time, I became a student. One of my lenders, Mrs. Shira Gregory, shout out to her. And y'all better not don't call her either, but you know, but no, you can call her, but she's a lender, man. And she's not only a mentor, I'm not only, I'm, she's a mentor to me. She's a friend. She's somebody I can call. She's somebody that um, can smoke over a deal. She's a local realtor. She's an investor. She's somebody that I trust. And I have built a strong relationship with her. And I would say probably less than a year, she's allowed me to borrow around about $300,000. And I'm a new investor. But what I showed, what I showed Mrs. Shear, I call her boss lady. What I showed boss lady is that I showed her, I showed her that, you know what? I can not only take your advice, I can follow direction. I can take criticism. I don't know everything. And what we did was, and this deals that she didn't even want, like for, so it's crazy because it's two deals that she didn't even want that the wholesaler brought to her first. And I say, Hey, I'll take them. And then also too, I took deals that nobody else wanted. That's another thing. I didn't take the most pretty deals to get into real estate, to be honest with you, to create. We had $3 million now less than a year. So I didn't, I didn't create, I didn't go get all the pretty, uh, the pretty uh, things. So basically, I, I let folks know that I want to be a partner with them. I want to work with them. I want to work, uh, I want to partner with them. And then I just started using their capital. And when I saw the return to myself and when I saw the return to them, and it was like, oh man, this is a great partnership. So, and then, you know, you start being more in the business, you start building more relationships with people. One thing I try to do when I'm in a room with folks like you, a T, when I'm in a room with like, you know, people with a lot of experience, I do my best to not talk, mm-hmm. but I bet everybody know I'm a talker. Like I'm a talker and a doer. That's kind of like my treat. I love people. I talk to anybody. And I even like people that don't like me. Like, like how do you do that? Like, even if you don't like me, I like you. I'm like, I just, because I, like, I love to learn. So anyway, so I basically said, okay, let me utilize other folks' money to basically build wealth. But what I did too, and I'm going to keep going back to this, if you want people to take you seriously on what you're doing, make sure, like I said, the same way you go out and talk about Amazon or Google, you represent your company like that. 
I'm big on the appearance and structure of my company. I'm big on making sure that, you know, it's, it's intent at, you know, equity regroup, real estate group. You know, I don't do the Gmail accounts. You know, we have a physical, we have two physical addresses actually now due to our corporate office that we just acquired, the two buildings. I'm big with, you know, we have a fax number. We have a 1-800 number. I got my cell phone number. The colors of the organization, you know, and that when you see it, you would, you could, you could put my logo next to a Google or a Facebook or a BB&T Bank or Raymond James, and you would be like, okay, that's the whole thing behind building a business very rapidly. And so it was just in the best interest of me and as an organization. And the more I read about uh, and study larger organizations, and I read at least two books a quarter. So the more I study and, 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 and read and, and get training, I, I do what's called the big brother of mine. Jason uh, Whiteman told me this. He said, Nick, you have to call what's called pay to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind being uh, pay, paying someone to mentor me to, to train. I was like, I come up and drive you for a week for free and I'll rent a Escalade just to drive. I'm saying you, Terrence, just to drive you around just <laughs> to soak up the knowledge. You know what I mean? See, yeah. I mean, I'll carry you back for a whole week, you know what I mean? Just to be in your presence to learn. And that's, that's other things I have been able to do. You have to also to humble yourself and be submissive to the business and understand that, you know, don't disrespect your gift. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I heard that from somebody. So don't, don't disrespect your blessing. That's where it kind of came from. Let me utilize other people's capital to scale my business and to make money and then to leverage it. And also too, I'm using, you know, years of experience, mentorship, making sure that my P&L sheet looks good. My balance sheet looks good. You know, making sure that, you know, I can pay folks back and making sure that the investment that they are giving me the money to invest in, I can turn a dollar, right? Yeah. Uh, keeping, keeping my ears to the railroad tracks. And that means just keeping my ears to the pulse of the community. And so it, it, it's a variety of things in there, right? If that makes sense. So that's how I've been able to scale it very quickly. And then also to, and I just believe in relationships, man. Like I'm big on them. That's good. So couple, I'm gonna hit you with some rapid fire questions. One of the things we talked about earlier when we talked about when a bank gets your cash, what's the difference? Just a quick concept, kind of how we talked about earlier. If I give my bank 100, 100K, they give me a point, 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 oh, two, whatever percent return, and then they turn around and 10 exit. Yes, sir. Walk me, oh, give me a quick overview in 30 seconds of what that is from a banking standpoint, giving them my cash or investing it in a tangible asset that's going to give me a te- you know, 12, 15, 16, 18, 20% return. Yeah. Well, basically it's, um, and I don't even, I don't think it's to me, it's taking a risk. Most people feel comfortable with banks because they feel that it's safe and it's brick and mortar, right? But at the same time, I tell people real estate is a brick and mortar. And then also too, if you get with partnerships and teams that you can trust, you don't mind necessarily allowing them to use your capital and money. And then at the same time, what another safe way, what Ms. Shira do and what some other lenders do, Richmond Mortgages, uh, Finance of America, BB&T Bank, uh, they do. They say, okay, well, we're going to be in first lien position. Most people feel comfortable with banks. To understand or be successful in the real estate business, I believe you have to let go of what you think you know. Mm, that's good. I'm going to say it again. You have to let go of what you think you know. The majority of information that most people have consumed over a lifetime has been bad information that has, has kept them to be the right, the right rule is, I'm going to say that's the word, enslaved. You enslaved to debt, you enslaved to your finances, you're enslaved to working a job for 40 years, and that's okay, right? That, and and I, when I say it's okay, I mean, you working a job is okay. 
a brother that I follow, the nine to five millionaire, Jamal King, he tells people to keep his job, right? And some people do keep their job. For me, it just wasn't the path that I wanted. So the best thing I want and the people that I'm around, the investors that I'm around, they have kind of breaking the chains, even yourself. So we realized that, okay, if I can be in first lien position, I don't mind allowing you to utilize my capital because if my capital, because if you don't do what you're supposed to do, I'm just going to foreclose, take the property. Right. And then I'm just going to, I'm going to just, uh, you know what I mean? I'm going I'm to do it myself, right? I'm going to flip it myself. Long story short is that it's in the best interest of you and your family with the right knowledge the right team, the right mentorship that you consider, or I was, I wouldn't even say consider that you get your butt into the real estate market. Whether you, even if you just do it, yeah, even if you just do a rental or duplex, you do the house hacking where, you know, there's, there's certain ways you can get into it. You can use an FHA loan to house hack up, up to four apartments. I mean, you know, to a lot, you know what I mean? So that's kind of, I hope the, I hope I answered that question for you. No, that's good, bro. That's good. That's perfect. So next question. And then, you tell me what's the number one surprising lesson that you learned that you wish you would have known before you got into real estate? Like if you could look back and say, Hey Nick, this is, you need to know this. If you're going to do real estate, what would that be? The lesson I should have, I should have understood what flipping can do for you, flipping houses and how that can get you to the next level and understanding uh, how to kind of be your own contractor, getting the, getting the right training. I'm going to keep going back to relationships, having the right relationships, you know, the right partnerships, so I would say, and my banker, Lindy Pond, told me this, and I wish I would have listened to her two, three years ago. She was like, you need to flip. I'm like, nah, I don't want to flip. That's not my business model. I just want to buy duplexes and hole and land and commercial space. And then I found myself where I had a lot of property and assets, but I was uh, real estate rich and cash poor because I depleted everything, but I had all these assets. So the, the biggest thing is understanding the business, getting trained. And but here's another thing I want to say this. Don't allow what I'm saying to scare you because if you never start, you're gonna be even further behind. So many times I basically use my business skills and a God natural giving gift to be able to turn a dollar. My gift is business. I don't know how I got it. I'm not the best reader or writer, but I know money. It's just a gift. So I've been able to literally use a, a God giving gift of being able to analyze a deal very quickly on site without looking at the, the cap rate, the, AR, the, the ARVs or you know what the next house sold for and saying, okay, I'll take that property. I can do this with it. Uh, and then also too, is being very creative. So I would tell folks to don't be so scared of what I'm saying. Get going, do your best, allow the earth, uh, allow mother nature, allow our Lord and savior Jesus Christ to guide you. Allow, you know, whatever you, whether it's Buddha, whether it's, you know, Mary, you know, what is Allah, you know, and I'm, and I'm serious because I take every faith very seriously, but allow what you believe in to guide you and to get you to a place where you not only believe in yourself, but you're in the business. And once you get into the business, you'll be, and once you start living the business, you'll be amazed of how many opportunities present themselves. And I'm a witness to that, even with you, T, like saying, hey man, would you, you know, consider or want to be on my podcast? And I was like, I know this brother just ain't hit me and say, because uh, I know he ain't talking to me. Like, I was like, I said, I said, I know this brother. And I, I was trying not to be so excited. I know this brother ain't just really hit me. I'm like, do he know who he is? I'm like, because I know who he is. I've been watching him. And I'm like, I don't think he know who I am. So, so when you said it, I was like, I was like, uh, I try not to be so excited. But once you get into the business and once you live it and once you believe it, you would just see so many opportunities open up. And once you take those blinders off and those, uh, they leave, you know, those, 
those things they put on horses, once you take those off and you let people know that you're serious about what you're doing, you believe in yourself, you meditate, man, you, you read, you breathe this thing. It, it, it's like, you'll be amazed how things line up. Even the, the, the dog room, those, the two buildings we just acquired, that was all relationships. Yeah. And that's a $2 million plus deal. Acquisition. Done. Yeah. Acquisition done. Check and my my attorney said he said Nick you just bought these buildings for what one of them says for wow they bought them from a bank wow bought them from a local bank it was seventy five percent occupied now it's at eighty percent due to a relationship with uh, some local engineers that are uh, with Maryland and some other stuff so now it's at 80, 80, 80 plus percent occupied but literally that deal scaled the business to a whole another level and the equity in the property is I'm talking about like as soon as we signed. One point something million in equity. It was like I didn't know what to do that day. I was like, this can't. And I, I, I was like, this can't be real. I'm like, this can't help people. And, you, and, and I'm saying that to say because I want people to know, like, this stuff can really happen. It's the power of real estate, bro. It's the power of real estate. Literally, the day I signed a million dollars in my personal network went up to like with the company. And here's what I'm. I want people to hear me. It's not about the money. It's about once you get into this business. You treat people right. You respect people. You add value. You do what you say you're going to do. You study your butt off. You put in the work the same way you would go and work for somebody else. And for years, I'm going to tell people, I worked two and three jobs. Like, so I'm not saying is that I just came out like, no, bro, I was, I was doing this when, <laughs> when a yeah. brother was working two or three jobs, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, yeah. so, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? I was working two, three gigs. So I'm not saying that, like, I just came out. No, I put in my time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and, and the thing about our generation, we're such a microwave generation. Nobody wants to put in their time. And I'm okay with being not only new into real estate, but I'm okay being around people that's been in the business for 20, 30 years and learning from them and, and developing and saying, no, I'm the new guy on the block. And that's another blessing. You'll be amazed how many older se- seasoned individuals want to help the new guy on the block because yeah. they see your excitement. And they'd be like, oh, man, I remember when I felt that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm at $100 million now, but I remember when I felt the way you felt. And I like you for some reason. And uh, I'm going to help you. And, you know, so I, I'm that new guy that's in the room. Uh, and then when I, when I come, when I'm invited to something, I make sure I show up. You know, you saw my, my LinkedIn profile. I make sure that I'm very professional. I make sure that I'm dressed accordingly to where I'm going. I add value when I get there, uh, which is very important as well, too. That's good, bro. So last couple questions, man, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap it up. But I, I, it's been good, man. It's been a lot of wisdom. So, where do you see the the biggest opportunity in real estate in the next twelve to twenty four months? Oh man, that's the that's huge because it's so many things that's happened. When Blackstone acquired all of those, uh, I think last year it was like a one point some billion dollar deal. Those storage units. <laughs> Here's the thing, and this is my personal point of view. I think it's everywhere, and when I say everywhere, because even though a lot of people are leaving the brick and mortar space, that gives you room to get into the brick and mortar space. Even though a lot of people are acquiring duplexes, that gives you the opportunity as well too, because just as well as a lot of people are getting into the real estate business, a lot of people are leaving it because they're getting into this business for the wrong reason. They're not getting into this business to serve people. They're getting into this business to be served. And that's the wrong mindset. That's you can't get into, and I'm and I'm, I'm gonna be so you cannot get into the real estate business to be served. You have to get into this business. I don't care if you're a realtor and uh, a realtor investor, hard lender. You have to serve people. This is a people business. That's foremost. 
but uh, duplexes, multifamily units. When I say, you know, 25 units to, I think between 12 units to 50 units is a great space um, to be in. That's going to be, uh, that's going to do well. There's so much abandoned houses around. You're always going to have those to be able to get into and flip. I don't think everybody need to get into the uh, storage unit space for a couple of reasons, unless your organization is truly solid. Because if you don't have the capital to uh, not only operate the, the facility, then you're gonna you're gonna be in a bad space. But even with acquiring land, new building is, is is amazing right about now. A lot of people doing new building versus flips, you know, because when you do flips, you may not know what you may run into. And I, I would love to tell you a quick story about that that I ran into that, you know, and I had to put an additional twenty five thousand dollars into it. So the space is open to so many different avenues, but I would tell the person or the individual to make sure that you, whatever space you decide to go into, whether it's flipping houses, whether it's duplexes, whether it's triplexes, or whether it's the you know twelve units or six units or better, make sure that it's your niche. Yep. Don't try to cross over to someone else's niche, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. I've been able to not only do a mixture, but at the same time, I'm in my niche, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I've been able to be successful as well, too, because I have a very creative mind. Like I told you before, it's some deals that a lot of people passed over that I saw the property and they say, oh, the ARV is only coming back at this. You're not going to be able to sell that property for that. Well, I say, okay. And, and every deal I have done has been a 45% to 75% return for me personally. And that's after paying back the, yeah, you know, the lenders. True. The investors, yeah. right? You know, yeah. your shareholders. So that being said, so you you have to be very creative. Like I talked about, man. Seriously, I come up, I will drive up, I will fly up, and T, I'm going to drive you around for a week. I'm going to Escalade. <laughs> I just want to shower you. I'm going to carry your briefcase, and because <laughs> you know, you just just conversation. You know what I mean, and things like that. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because we had a HGTV and a couple producers from like the own network and a couple other TV shows were trying to get me and my wife to do a show. Yeah. One of them referenced us as they said, y'all are like the, the black chip and Johanna. I wanted to say it, but you said it too. Y'all are, bro. I saw y'all. I was like, man, I said, these these brothers, they kind of look like, you know, chipping, you know what I mean? Yeah. For for tech, y'all are, to be honest. Yeah, and they're in they're in Waco, obviously, in Baylor University, and we're in College Station, which is like an hour and a half away, and we're here with a college town. We ended up talking to them. We talked to a couple of producers about it. The deal breaker was that they it was, so it just made me think about that when you said I'm gonna come down there, get with you, and ride around because they wanted to I, literally follow us around. And I, I've never even watched Chip and Johanna Gaines show, but I guess they follow them. Amazing around. couple, amazing couple, man. I, I know, know of them for sure. I know of them for sure. Obviously, you'd be lying if you didn't know Chip and Johanna Gaines. I just have never seen the real show. But the point I'm making is they wanted to follow us around and they wanted to be in our home. And that was the deal breaker for my wife. She was like, you can follow us on the construction site. You can follow us to the ranch. You can follow us to business deals where we travel and get deals done. But you're not coming into our house. And they were like, well, we, we got to do that. And, we were, and so she was like, nope, we're done here. But it just made me think about that, man. So sorry, I'm going to segue into these final two. Wait, hold on. And I don't have, I will, I, look, I'm going to have my own hotel. I'm going to pull up. I'm going to drive you. I'm going to be your chauffeur. I don't got to come into your house. I just need, to, I, we need the knowledge base. But go, for answer your final question. We need to get a film crew. We'll do a, we'll do a, we'll do a short documentary on it, bro. We'll do a short documentary. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Final two questions, bro. Yes, sir. Um, what's one real estate concept that you couldn't run your business without? You said the DIP business model. Let's hit that, and then we're going to finish with our final thoughts on because we got two minutes. 
Yes, sir. Uh, dip. Uh, I, I dip my way into success. Uh, this was divinely given to me. Uh, I would say you need to increase your discipline. You need to increase your integrity and you need to increase your patience. Mm. So I, I, I use it as the dip model. I, I have dipped my way into the real estate business and other uh, areas of success, whether me being an inventor, I, I had my first patent finally approved and I'm working on another one. So I'm kind of, I'm like an inventor now. I'm happy about that. And it's going to be in production soon. So discipline, number one, you need it. You got to be disciplined. Number one, to be playing with other people's money. Yep. Integrity. You got to have some type of integrity, right? And then at the same time, you have to be patient, right? The dip, my way of kind of navigating uh, equity real estate group, my personal life, my personal deals. So uh, yeah, discipline, integrity, and patience are kind of like kind of my GPS for my life and my compass. Now, a lot of times I don't always hit it right, you know, because you, you may try to, you know, you, you may see a way that you can kind of, you know, get get away with something. You're like, oh man, no, I'll just do it the right way. And that was that deal with Mishira. She loaned me money. I uh, had to, I miscalculated the, the rehab costs. And so to do it right, I had to add additional, my personal money, $25,000 into the deal because she trusted me. And um, so because the yeah, so to do the deal right, to rehab the deal right of what you, I, what I borrowed from her and what the rehab cost was, it was an additional twenty five thousand dollars. So um, I couldn't invest her money into that property and not do it right. I had to take it all the way down to the studs, new wiring, new electrical, new drywall, new roof, new everything, which I thought was only be a thirty thousand dollar rehab. It ended up being like fifty five thousand. So that that integrity part, man, where you just say, you know what, I'm gonna be patient on this deal, and I'm still gonna make seventy five to eighty thousand off of it after paying her back. But at the end of the day, you have to have some type of principles that govern your life that kind of would keep you out of trouble, right? If that makes sense. No, that's good, bro. Man, thank you for the episode, man. So, final thoughts, bro. What, what do we want to leave the listeners with before we close? Man, go after your dreams. Go after your dreams and and be you. I'm literally having fun driving an F three fifty. I'm literally having fun wearing jeans, skinny jeans and work boots every day and just being my authentic self. Full. And, and, and not saying I have never been, but I think so much we look at what society requires us to, to be. And then also, too, and I've been able to build a great amount of asset base and, and wealth in my personal space and for other people, right, by being just not not worried about what people think or not worried about I have to be in a suit to interact with people. Because the one thing I know, the first five words out of your mouth, people know how they're going to treat you or respond to you. So the best thing I can tell folks, go after your dreams, work hard, don't take no for an answer, and just because, and, and don't listen to other people because God didn't give them your gift or your vision. So overall, I, I don't listen to other people. Just follow your heart, pray about it, write it down, uh, get mentorship, and things that happen where a brother like Mr. Murphy or reach out to you and be like, hey, would you consider what I consider? So that's what I would say. So things end up lining up. Thank yeah. you, man, so much for just considering me to be a part of what you're doing. And I, I just want to say thank you personally. But just just be you. That's all I can tell you. Yes, sir. Man, great job, bro. Appreciate you coming on. This Anytime, is be man. An amazing episode, man. And let's link up offline, man. Anywhere I can assist or help you or support you and your mission and what you're doing, Please let me know whether I, you know, I'm, I'm serious about that. So I'm always here to serve and, and, and my gift is supporting leaders, you know, so uh, and not from a way of like, you yeah, know, it's, it's like I'm just I got a good administration mind. So anyway, so anyway, I can assist you guys up there in Texas, man. We'll get her done, bro. Appreciate it, big dog. 
All right, look, man. All right, have a good one, sir. All right, have a All blessed right. one. All right, I'll see you out the episode when it comes out. See you soon, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com. 